Why the halfling? I do not know. Saruman believes that it is only a great power that can hold evil in check. But that is not what I have found. I found it is the small things, everyday deeds of ordinary folk that keeps the darkness at bay. Simple acts of kindness and love. Why, Bilbo Baggins? Perhaps it is because I'm afraid. It gives me courage. Hello and welcome to the Cinematic Stories podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Olson, and this is the podcast where I get the opportunity to talk to really cool people about their life through some of their favorite films. And I have a really awesome guest. I'm super excited to have him here tonight. So I want to welcome Jake Dietz to the show. Jake, welcome. Thanks, Thomas. Glad to be here. I'm excited to uh, talk about movies with you. Yeah, I'm glad to have you here. And um, I know you've been on my old podcast a few times. It's been a couple of years, I, I believe, since we had, we've talked. But uh, I always loved your take on films and have been a follower of a lot of your work over the years. So excited to to have you here. Um, Thanks. So yeah, let's, uh, before we jump into some of your films and life experiences and stories, let's, uh, I just want to get to know you and like have my guests get to know you a little bit more. So, um, what would you say are some of the unique things about yourself? Uh, unique things. Well, um, I am a pretty nerdy person. I'll be honest. I consider myself kind of a geek of all trades, uh, as a result of that. Um, I'm part of a network called Age of Geek Media. I'm one of the managing partners there, and we have a number of podcasts, including a show that I'm on regularly called Movies That Make Us, where we talk about uh, those movies that mattered to us when we were younger, growing up, or even today, uh, the movies that kind of make us who we are. Uh, we kind of think of it as book club, but for movies. So, yeah. And that's been a weekly podcast I've been doing for almost four years now. So. Oh wow, you've been doing it that long. Fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's it's yeah, I've enjoyed listening to you guys' stuff um as a listener, so that's really cool. Um and you said you guys are part of another network, so do you have other shows within that? Are you part So there are two two other kind of regular shows going and then um so we have Age of Geek podcast, uh, which is just kind of a number of geeky topics. We kind of uh we'll pick a different panel topic each week uh, that we cover there uh, for any kind of nerdy kind of topic that might be out there. And then we have Cutscenes and Cupcakes, which is a video game podcast um, hosted by uh, three ladies that do a great job talking about the video games that they love, and they usually rate them in desserts of some sort. So that's where that's the cutscenes and the cupcakes part comes in. Um, and then we also have Multiplane Podcasts, uh, which has been on a little bit of a, a hiatus lately, but they do a lot of Disney stuff. Okay. Um, and that's a lot of fun as well. So, awesome. so, you know, so tell me like, what, um, what do you, what do you enjoy most about podcasting? Like what, cause you've done a few different podcasts over the years, right? Yeah, I have. So, um, the first one I ever did was one that I did solo by myself. Um, and then I did one with my brother for a little while. It, it's just a great medium to kind of discuss whatever you want to talk about. Everybody can podcast, right? You can have the nicest setup, the nicest microphones, headphones, whatever you want. 
or you can have just your computer and, you know, the computer microphone and you can still podcast and put that out there. And so it's a really unique opportunity um, to tell the story that you want to tell and share the information you want to share. So I enjoy being part of that. Yeah, I, I agree. Like that's a hundred percent. I think how you said it. I, um, and I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but yeah, I remember your, you and your brother did one for a little bit. And that's, I think where I first got introduced to you is actually through that. But I don't even know how I came across it. <laughs> But this probably was yeah. like 2014, 2015 even, I'm thinking. Like, it was a while yeah, ago. Yeah, I think so. Anyways, and yeah, I, I had just started listening right. to podcasts at that time. Um, and it was like, podcasts became this, like, amazing avenue where, because, you know, I have, like, I have a, a decent amount of friends and family that I can talk to about movies and geeky stuff. But that was, like, wait, there's all these other people out there that I can, like, listen to their opinions. Yeah. And, and you and your brothers were, I don't, was one of them. And. And, uh, yeah. anyways, I, I really enjoyed what you guys put out and I had, you know, so it was, it was one of the first times I listened to a podcast and then also kind of was like, Hey, maybe I could do this one day too. So, um, anyway, that's awesome. Cool. Well, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I, I, and I think that's what I've enjoyed too, is just that kind of community that you get to be a part of. And some of the people that I've gotten to know, like yourself, um, Tim, who was on your first episode, yeah. I think I've met through some, some stuff like that. And just my network has grown just by podcasting and meeting other hosts and other uh, people interested in that kind of stuff. So it's cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so much fun. And like, I, I don't have any fancy equipment. I used to have some, but it just like, it kind of became cumbersome for me. And so I just use my laptop and maybe one day I'll get back to like some fancy stuff, but I, it's just a hobby and it's super fun. So it's, yeah. Anyways, it's, it's yeah. really cool. Um, now do you, are you doing any blogs or anything right now or just, just the podcasting stuff? Uh, I have not been publishing any blog stuff lately at all. I'm thinking about starting to do some more of that, but uh, that's kind of how I got my start into doing stuff like this. I had a blog called The Geeky Mormon years and years ago, and um, then I started doing the podcasting stuff, and that's kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit. But uh, it's something I'm interested in picking up again. I just haven't decided what I want to blog about. Yeah, nice. Um, okay. Last question is on here. Do you, do you have a letterbox, the app? Do you use that? I have, I've, I think I've started an account there, but I haven't really okay. done anything with it. Okay. That's like, so. a, anyone that doesn't know, it's like a social media app for movies. But, uh, anyways, I was just curious. So, um, well, cool. So what, uh, so kind of moving over to like film and movies. So what, what kind of movies or genres of movies do you usually like to watch or what's kind of your piques your interest the most? Yeah, that's a really big question for me because I, I feel like I'm a pretty eclectic person when it comes to the movies that I enjoy. I don't necessarily only watch one type of movie or, or gravitate to one type of movie. That's kind of what my initial thought was when I looked at this question and, and trying to prepare for it. But um, as I thought about the movies that I really like, I like uplifting, inspiring stories. It doesn't really matter if that's a comedy or an action adventure superhero movie. Um, a lot of the superhero movies fall into that category pretty easily um, because they're usually pretty uplifting. Um, but when I thought about it even more, I think the movies that I like, I call them the Mr. Smith movies. So there's an old movie called Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. I don't know if you've seen that. It's, I mean, Jimmy Stewart in the time when he was doing like It's a Wonderful Life, it's directed by the same director as It's a Wonderful Life, Frank Capra. Um, but it's the story of a, a, just a normal average Joe 
uh, guy who ends up being put in as senator for his state because the senator there dies and they pick this guy because he's going to be harmless and they can kind of manipulate him and do whatever they want. And he ends up standing up to the system uh, and kind of bringing the whole thing uh, crashing down. He's, he's trying to save this piece of land that's going to be a camp for the Boy Scouts in his state. And they want to use it for some water rights stuff. And he fights the whole political machine uh, and ends up winning. And there are a lot of characters in cinema that I think are similar to that, where they're just kind of the average person um, who gets thrown into one of these big stories or big adventures and has to be the hero. Lord of the Rings, one of my favorite movie series, you know, that's Frodo and Sam. They're just hobbits. They don't want adventure. They don't want to go out and uh, do these amazing things, but they get thrown into it. And so I think those are the kinds of movies that I really like, the stories of the little guy um, kind of making it big in a, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think as everyone as a human being can relate to that like experience of like being thrown into something that we don't necessarily want to be in, you know, like Frodo and Sam right. is a great example. And it's having to figure out how do we then navigate that and rise to that challenge or whatnot. So, um, well, awesome. And, uh, well, cool. Well, we'll, let's, let's dive into some of the movies then. And, uh, real quick though, is that, are you wearing a Kansas city Chiefs shirt? Is that, I am. It's a Kansas city Chiefs shirt. Chiefs yeah. I am a Chiefs fan. Yeah. Oh, they're my favorite NFL team. So, yeah. Well, hopefully I'm, I'm rooting for them this week, weekend as well. So, but, we'll uh, see how it goes. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Um, okay. So with this kind of a caveat too, so I was just going to say, um, these questions, sometimes, you know, it's okay to have multiple answers at times. Um, usually like if you have one, that's, that's kind of the main thing. But if you're like, ah, oh, there's this other one I can't choose. I'm totally okay with that. Um, feel free to share any stories, go on tangents, whatnot about it. This is more than welcome. So, um, but uh, yeah, so let's let's jump into it. So the first question, and to me, this is kind of like one of my personal favorite questions um, when I'm like talking about movies and like talking to people about films is uh, what's one of the most meaningful films to you and what and why? Why does it make it what's so meaningful for you about it? So I struggled with this question a lot, not because I couldn't think of an answer. It was trying to narrow it down even just to a couple of films, but um, the one that came to mind probably right away was Superman, the motion picture, which is one of my all-time favorites. Christopher Reeve is Superman. Uh, he, that was always my favorite superhero as a, a kid, uh, and I grew up just loving that character. And I remember seeing this. I mean, this came out, what, 77, 78, and that was before I was born. So I just remember my parents having it on VHS and watching it and just being amazed that it was like, Superman came to life on the, on the screen. Um, and Christopher Reeve, I think embodied who Superman was so well. And it just was inspiring for me. I think, um, as a kid, I was never really comfortable with, you know, who I was, my looks, uh, my personality. And I think, um, I could escape and that idea of like, okay, maybe that awkward person, that having that secret identity that was Superman, you know, that was something that was appealing to me and, and kind of drew me in. Uh, and it's always been a movie that really kind of stands out to me. Um, and then another one that I thought of with this 
was uh, It's a Wonderful Life, which was one that I remember my mom loved watching at Christmas time. And as a kid, I thought, this is such a boring movie. It's black and white. It's old. It's long. Um, it just didn't hold my interest. I mean, you know, when there were other Christmas movies out there like Home Alone or, you know, Muppets Christmas Carol, things like that, that were so much more colorful and fun. This is just so boring and dry. Um, but it's become one that my wife and I watch each year uh, as we're getting things ready on Christmas Eve. It's one that we really enjoy and share. And so for me, that's kind of become something that in our marriage is a time that we share together. Uh, and it's been a big part of, of our lives together. So I've come to appreciate it as I've gotten older. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, um, and really quick on the Superman, I just want to say, like, I think talking about a movie that like takes that kind of reluctant hero, kind of what you're kind of mm-hmm. talking about before, I feel like that fits, especially I think all versions of Superman depict that, but Superman the movie for sure is like, you know, like, I mean, he's got all these abilities, these talents, but like he still doesn't fit in, you know? And that to me is, yeah. it was as you know, like this is super compelling watching that. And like the, I feel like that movie gets the, like the, that kind of idea or concept down the best when he's a teenager and he's trying to like, you know, like, why can't he play football with the rest of the, the team? Right. And, and like his, and then of course the most heartbreaking part is like, he has all these powers, but he can't save his father from a heart attack. Like he that. can't save it's his just, dad. I mean, I get like chills. Thinking yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. It, it's super powerful moments like that throughout the movie. Uh, and it's one of those things people don't understand that about the Superman character very often. They think, Oh, he's just really powerful. And of course he kind of can do whatever he wants. And, in a lot of ways, that's true, but you're right. He is very much that reluctant hero. You know, he's orphaned from a world that, you know, there's nobody else from that world. He's the last one. Um, he's different. And he's got to hide all of – he's got to hide everything that makes him special away so he can have some kind of normal life. Um, and he, he does what he does as Superman because he feels like he has that responsibility to, to everybody to do it. And so I've just really loved everything about that character. Um and his the actor, and I don't know his name right now, but the actor who plays his dad in that is one of the best, Jonathan Kent's. Uh, and I think he just nails the role so well. Yeah, especially for so. how limited of screen time he has, I feel like, in the movie. But yeah. that much, is- much better than his Kryptonian father, Jor-El, who Mar- Marlon Brando kind of phoned that one in, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah the stories behind that are so interesting. Um, yeah. But uh, also, I just needed to quickly shout out the score of that movie. I think is one of John Williams. Oh yeah, fantastic! Know. And 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 of course, the there's the iconic Superman theme. But like some of his other work too, which as an adult, I feel like I appreciate it more. Like the funeral scene of Jonathan Kent, the music that plays in that sequence is just like that's one of my all time favorite John Williams tracks. Like it's just uh, it's just yeah. yes, it's amazing. So yeah John Williams is such a big part of a lot of the movies that I enjoy because he does yes. some very powerful scores and he can do the big bombastic you know themes that are really loud and out there which are amazing and incredible but you're right in the quiet moments he's got some incredible incredible music as well that just yeah. really makes those even more poignant and powerful for sure yeah well awesome well that's a good pick that's um that's a great movie i i i really i love that the Superman the movie so 
Okay, so next question is, um, what is your family movie? And so this could be a movie that you and your family grew up watching. It's one that you could you and your you and you and your wife and your kids watch now. Um, anything that just kind of reminds you of like whether that's like like I said, yeah, your family growing up or your family you're raising now has that like sentimental value. You guys quote a lot together or things like that. Yeah. Growing up, the one that always stood out to me was Back to the Future. I remember watching that a lot. Um, I don't have a lot of memories of sitting down and watching movies with my, like with my parents and like all together as a family, but that's one that I feel like we did multiple times where we would sit and watch Back to the Future, whether it was just on TV or we had it, I think recorded off of TV at one point because that's how we watched a lot of movies back then. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's how we had the whole Back to the Future trilogy was it was all recorded off TV. And like, I think it was the second one. We'd have to fast forward the commercials because we didn't get those edited out. So it was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we, my, my parents, I was always glad when they recorded something off the TV, but we never really, like they never figured out how to do it without the commercials. And so we always had to fast forward through commercials. Yeah. I thought my friends who didn't have to were so cool and fancy, but, uh, yeah, I, back to the future. It was just one that I remember watching so much growing up. We can quote, even now when I back out of the driveway, I'll put my sunglasses on and say, roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. And my kids for years and years didn't get it. And then I turned on Back to the Future one time. We got to that part, and my youngest was like, Dad, you always say that. He said, (laughs) what you always say? I'm like, yeah, well, that's where I got it. So, um, But I just love the story of uh, Marty going back in time, um, having to help his parents. Um, and just as a kid, it was one, of, it was one of the first movies that really drew me into the world that it created. Uh, and like I said, I have a lot of memories of watching that as a family. Uh, and I don't really of other films that we watched. Yeah. Um, but now as a grown up, I love watching it because I can understand more like his parents and like the, how powerful it is to kind of see things from their perspective. Uh, that I probably didn't appreciate as much as a kid as I did as a, a kid. Um, but that, that was definitely one I would say growing up was a family movie. Uh, my brother and I will still quote it to each other all the time. Um, but then one that as a family we watch quite a bit now is The Princess Bride. Uh, and that's one that my kids really love and we watch pretty, pretty frequently. So yeah. those two are probably the, the two. And, and with Princess Bride, what's been magical about that, that's been one that I've always loved. Um, but it was one that it was the first one that my daughter really got into. And uh, so we kind of bonded over that. And it's still something that we quote back and forth to each other and things like that. So it's one of those moments where as a parent, uh, she finally got into something that I was into. And I thought that was kind of cool and exciting. So yeah. That's always uh, that really, one has a special place in my heart. Yeah, that's always really cool when your kids like things you do. I've um I have a five year old and a three year old, so they're still pretty young, but like and, and impressionable impressionable, I'd say. <laughs> but like my son mm-hmm. loves he loves Spider Man and my daughter, she really loves Ray from Star Wars. Like I just read her a story about Ray, yeah. you know, so like I try to find and her middle name is actually Ray as well, so it's it's like it, it Oh cool. Uh, um but yeah, that's 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 cool that you guys can share that. Um, and if you mind me asking, how many kids do you have? So we have six kids. Okay. So 
Our oldest just turned 16, and our youngest is six. Okay. So they kind of range in between there. Yeah. So that's fun. That's a cool. Yeah, that's probably you guys probably have a busy, busy life and a lot of other kids. But uh, and I think <laughs> I, I think are super that, busy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like I've seen on um, your like social media stuff like you guys do like Sunday movie nights with all your kids. Is that is that right? Yeah. So that was a was something we started last year um, where. Uh, we do family movie night. We, we don't do it every week. We try to do it every couple of weeks at least. And we did it through Christmas. We did it every week, um, starting in at Thanksgiving to have the kids pick one. Um, and it's been really fun to see what they pick, um, and kind of their different tastes. Sometimes it's, it's a little hard to get through the movies that they pick, um, because they'll pick some really weird one. One of the Christmas ones that we picked was Santa Paws 2 or something like that. I'm like, I don't know what this is. It's, it's dogs that are talking and whatever, but that was what they liked. But it's also been fun to see some of the ones that they'll pick. Um, Princess Bride was obviously, was one of my daughter's first ones that she picked, but she's also picked like Spirited Away. Um, my son has picked some really good ones. I think uh, he's picked a, uh, Star Wars, A New Hope as one of his, my oldest. Um, and then at Christmas time, they picked really good ones like A Christmas Story and Home Alone and so it's kind of cool to see what they're into and, and get that perspective a little bit. That's yeah, that's cool. That's I like hearing that. I like hearing people's traditions around watching movies with their kids. Cause like I said, mine are young and my, um, so I'm, I'm now divorced and in new relationship and we've got like a yours, mine and ours situation. So we've got five between the two of okay. us. And uh, so it's, we're kind of trying to figure that out. Like we were trying to do like, Friday night movie nights when we have all the kids because and then um, and I still do stuff with just my kids when my kids are here and then like um, when like the other kids are here like we they're a little bit older like they're seven and six um, and so we've been doing like uh, we watched Shazam recently with and like the first Avengers which was fun like but uh, I have a hesitancy to let the kids pick movies sometimes because I'm like I don't know if I want to sit through santa buddies or whatever you said <laughs> too. yeah yeah but i mean i do let my kids pick stuff and we'll watch it but like i don't know if you've heard of the zombie movies on disney channel or disney plus yes okay that was, yes those my girls have watched that a hundred times yeah that was huge <laughs> in our household here and and you know what like i the songs were catchy so i feel like i could get it in there and watch it too but um yeah anyways that's that's it's just it's fun to hear other people's it, my, my experience has been, and, and like I said, I don't have a lot of memories of sitting with my parents and watching movies. Um, I have a lot of memories of watching movies, but usually those are by myself. Yeah. Um, because movies kind of became a way for me to kind of escape a little bit and um, kind of became my world a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I've found that doing that with my kids has been so important. And you're right, like some of the movies are hard to sit through. But it's not really about the movie as much as it as it is having that experience together as a family and yeah. enjoying that together. And um, the kids appreciate it. I mean, when we don't do it and it's been a while since we've done it, then they start like, hey, when are we going to do another movie night? We need to do another movie night and yeah. um, ask for it. And so I feel like in that regard, it's been really great. And I hope that as they get older, that's something that they look back on and say that was a highlight yeah. growing up, watching those movies together. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. And like, I know that like, um, my kids will like ask sometimes, we'll be like, 
like just even today we were in the car and uh, something came on. What was the movie? Oh, Zootopia. Like the song from Zootopia came on. They're just mm-hmm. like, we haven't watched Zootopia in a while. We should watch that. And like, we need to have like a movie night or stuff like that. So, um, which is fun. Like my three-year-old, he's, he, he's hit or miss cause he's still little. Like he won't sit through a whole movie. I mean, there right. are some, but anyway, so it's, uh, I, I'm really excited though to continue that with them, but yeah, um, that's awesome. Awesome. So what's the, what film do you think you've seen the most in your life? Um, Man, I'd, I'd like to say it's something really like impactful and powerful, but honestly, it's probably something dumb like Tommy Boy or Wayne's <laughs> World. Those are ones that I know I've seen a million times that when they come on, I can quote them from start to finish. Um, they're, they're like comfort food for me. Um, they just make me happy. Uh, and so I know I've seen each of those dozens and dozens of times. Um, they're the kind of movie that I can put on. And I can leave the room and go do something and I can come back and I know exactly where we are in the movie and what's happening and and get right back into it. So those are probably, it's one of those two. I'm not sure which one it is, but it's definitely one of those two. Yeah. Do you st- and do you still watch them a lot? Like now? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, I, you know, I, I'm on a movie podcast and we talk about great movies and yet those are movies that I watch frequently I haven't seen it in a while but like that was one as a kid that I watched a lot too and uh probably for a while if you would ask me like what's the f- my favorite comedy I would have said that um so yeah but that those just hit at a good time in my life um for for those kinds of movies I you know Wayne's World Tommy Boy Dumb and Dumber all those in the mid late nineties, I was coming into my teenage years. And so those were ones that like, that was cool to watch those. Um, and they're nostalgic for me now to go yeah. back and watch. So oh, cool. I haven't seen Wayne's world in a long time. So we have to go back and revisit that. But, uh, um, okay. So this next question. So first I have a, I have a precursor for this one. Do you get emotional or do you ever cry in movies? So I, I'm a crier. Thomas, okay. I'll be honest. And my, my wife gives me a hard time because she's not like, we'll watch movies and she doesn't cry. She enjoys the movies, but she's just not, that's not how she shows emotion, which is fine. Yeah. But me, it's almost every movie that I watch, <laughs> I'll get emotional and she gives me the hardest time and it's fine. Do you think in a, in a loving older? kind way? Yeah. You notice that these got older, has it gotten more? Like, I, cause that's, that's been my, I don't case. know. Yeah, I think it's gotten more, and I think part of it is just being a dad. Different yeah. things affect me differently. Um, and so because of that, different stuff and stories will, will hit me harder, right. uh, than they normally would. Yeah, it's funny. I started, I started crying the other night watching Friends, the TV show, which, like, he's, <laughs> it, it was an episode. I don't know if you ever watched that show, but, um, sure. Rachel, one of the characters, her parents are going through a divorce, and so it was like, you know, that's just a sensitive topic being divorced and having kids. Right. So I was like, I got all, and they were like making jokes with it by still treating it seriously, the subject matter. But I was like getting all emotional and had to like take a second to, (laughs) so yeah, I, 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 as a dad too, I feel like it's gotten, it's got, it's increased for me. Yeah. I, (laughs) I think recently the one that my wife gave me the hardest time for, I took my youngest to go see league of super pets. I, and I, made the comment to her. I said, but I mean, it's a kid's show. At least it's not going to be one that I'm going to cry at or whatever. 
And then I came home and at the, you know, there's a part in the movie yeah, I, and I don't even remember that. what it was. Yeah. And it just, and I started getting emotional. I'm like, this is stupid because this is, I mean, it, it was a good movie, but it was just one of those where I'm like, I didn't expect that to happen, but yeah. Yeah. So I get emotional and I feel when I'm watching movies. Yeah. So. And I think that's to me, I, especially when I was growing up, I, I didn't, I didn't let allow myself to cry or feel sadness a lot in my life. I stuffed those emotions down hard. And so I, I noticed though, like I've been able to look back and like movies have always been like a way for me to feel those emotions and like sit with them. And even mm-hmm. yeah, now as an adult too, like I, I almost like it's, I weirdly enjoy it, I guess sometimes, or not necessarily enjoy, but like it's, it's very therapeutic for me to cry in a movie and cathartic. So uh, yeah. I think it's, I think it's healthy. There have been times where I'm like, I need to feel that. So I'm going to pick yeah. this movie because I know when I get to this point, I'm going to feel that. And I want to, I need to feel that right now. And so, yeah, totally. yeah, I think that there's something healthy about doing that. Yeah. So, so with all that said, what, what movie has made you cry the most? Do you think? Uh, I, I, I think, you know, Return of the King is one that definitely gets me emotional. Uh, there's just something about, the end of that movie um part of it is you feel like you've been on all 12 months of that journey with them and you're exhausted at the end and it's just so much emotion going into it and you're so drained um that when it gets to the end of that movie you know and Aragorn is telling them you know friends you bow to no one um Frodo waking up and everybody's there uh and he gets to see everybody again that he hadn't seen for a while uh and then of course when they go off to the undying lands at the very end, like a lot of really emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's definitely one that I think I've, I've cried a lot when I watch it. Um, another one, every time it comes on and I watch it is field of dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie always gets me emotional. That was one that I do remember my dad watching a lot. Um, and it reminds me of my dad cause he's into baseball Plus, it's a father-son story, ultimately. Uh, but there are just moments in that movie um, where I get emotional. I know they're coming. You know, when when the baseball player nicknamed Doc comes off of the field and he knows that once he takes a step off of that field, he's, he's done. But he does it to save the little girl who's choking on a hot dog. Uh, and then, of course, when his dad shows up at the very end and he's like, hey, you want to you wanna have a catch? I mean, that moment is so um, special and emotional for me. Um, and every time I watch it, like even thinking about it, I start to get a little choked up and a little emotional. Um, 10 or so years ago, we took a trip back. My dad and I and my brother <clears throat> took a trip back to uh, Notre Dame to watch the University of Utah play football against Notre Dame. And as we were along the way, we looked it up and – the, the actual field from the field of dreams was in Iowa and we're like, Hey, it's just a little side trip. We can swing by there real quick. It was like two hours out of our way, but we still did it because it was a road trip and we were having fun. And, uh, we bought a baseball there and to like have that moment where I'm sitting there tossing the ball with my dad and my brother on the actual field from field of dreams was just kind of surreal and yeah. pretty powerful for me. So that's, that's one that now when I watch it, I, and have those memories. It's, it's really powerful. That is, yeah, that's really cool. That's, that's pretty unique to be able to have that, especially with, 
with your dad and, and your brother there with you too. That's, that's pretty special. So yeah, that's the one I need to revisit. I haven't seen that in, I don't even remember. I, I don't even know if, to be honest, if I've like, if I've sat and watched it all, I know like I, I pretty sure I watched like on TV as like a kid in sections. And yeah. I've like, but uh, yeah. It, it's a, it's a cool one because it's, it's got kind of these mystical and magical elements to it, but it never gives you any kind of explanation. It just is what it is. And you just, yeah. and, and I like that in movies sometimes because, you know, too often we feel like we've got to have an explanation for what everything is and why it is that way and why it works that way. But this one, it's just, nope, this is what happened and this is what it is. And you don't want to know what's behind the magic. You just enjoy it. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. I, I, that's, that's really cool to hear about that. Um, so, okay. Next question is what's the first movie you ever remember watching? Whether that's like, it could have been in the theater or just even at home or, or both. If you want to share both, if you can remember. Yeah. The, the one that I can remember in, in theater was Indiana Jones and the last crusade uh, when that came out. And I mean, I was seven at the time and I, like thinking about it, I'm like, I can't believe my dad took me to go see it, but he did. Yeah. And um, it's still my favorite Indiana Jones movie. And I think that's the first memory that I can have or that I have where I think going to the movie was a different experience than watching it at home. And I think the reason why The Last Crusade is still my favorite Indiana Jones movie is because I experienced it on the big screen uh, with the loud speakers and when you're seven, I was like in the movie with Indy, you know, and on that adventure. And it, it really drew me in. Um, and it, it still stands out as a, a great experience, uh, for me yeah. and, and really kind of shaped that love of going to the theater that I, I still have today was a result of going to see that movie. Yeah. That's awesome. I think, you know, I think, Raiders is probably like a more well done over movie overall, but I'm with you. I think Last Crusade is my favorite because it was the first one I remember seeing all the way. I remember like seeing the boulder chase sequence in the beginning first, That's right? Like first image of Indiana Jones or memory, but like sitting through the movie was was Last Crusade, like and uh, just the one I saw the most. I feel like for a while, and then. Uh, but yeah, it's such a, yeah. it's, that's, that's really cool. I, I'm, I'm kind of jealous. I've never seen it in theaters, so I'm kind of jealous of that. <laughs> but. And I, I don't, I don't remember everything. I just remember what I felt. And I think yeah. that that for me is, is what it really, you know, what really mattered. Yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark was one that I, I remember watching, um, growing up though, we weren't allowed to watch Temple of Doom. So, so we were allowed to watch Raiders and we were allowed to watch Last Crusade, but not Temple of Doom <laughs> yeah. because that had, satanic ritualistic cults in it which it doesn't but that's all right <laughs> yeah do you, do you remember the first time you saw temple of doom like how, how old you were i was i was an adult when yeah, i the first time i saw it i didn't even like see it at a friend's house or anything and uh to this day it is my least favorite indiana jones movie just because i think seeing it as an adult and not having grown up with it, it just wasn't as good yeah. as Raiders of the Lost Ark and the last crusade. And I even think it's not as good as crystal skull and, and hot that's, take. people that's... will disagree. Yeah. That's a hot take for me right there, baby. But yeah, it just doesn't hold up well in my opinion. Although short round is amazing and I'm really excited for him 
uh, and uh, the success he's had with everything, oh, everywhere, all at once. That's one of the coolest stories out of Hollywood. I've like, like yeah, you know, in the last decade, I think it's so so awesome to see that success. Um, yeah, his acceptance speech at the Golden Globes was so powerful. It was, it's awesome. I'm so happy for him. I hope he wins so. the Oscar. Like I, I mean, it's. I think yeah. I, th- I wouldn't be. I think he really will. I think it's his to win. So, but yeah, I agree. Um. Real quick though, with sorry, quick tangent for Indiana Jones. So, you're not you're not the first person I've heard that says Temple of Doom is their least favorite. Um, so like you're not. I, I think one of my brothers has even said that. Like he liked Crystal Scroll more. But um, it's funny though to think about that movie because. So I remember seeing uh, Last Crusade and then seeing all of Raiders and then I don't know how old I was. Like I had to have been because my family we moved houses. We lived in two houses most of my life. Mm-hmm. And I was eight when we moved. And I remember watching Temple of Doom in the other house for the first time. And I'm thinking, like, I had to have been six or seven when I saw it. Um, and I'm like, how was I allowed to watch that? Because my parents we were pretty strict with stuff, too. Um, and yeah. so it's just uh, – it's funny to think, like, like now I'm thinking of my kids. Like, I'm like, yeah, there's no way they'd be watching that when they're six or seven. Like, yeah. But – well, it's a, it's a pretty heavy topic too for kids. I mean, a lot of like the child trafficking part of it and, and things like that. I, I, for me, I think when I watch Temple of Doom, it, it feels the most dated out of all of the Indiana Jones movies. Like yeah. they just, it, it feels like it was made in the time that it was made, even though it's supposed to be a period piece that's happening, you know, in the, in the thirties, it feels like a movie made in the late seventies, early eighties. Right. Um, yeah. And that stands out to Raiders doesn't feel that way. Last Crusade doesn't feel that way, but Temple of Doom does. It just feels dated. And even to me. from like, uh, you know, in like Raiders, you get Marianne, who's this great female character that's like, yeah, you know, does, you know, she's not like a damsel in distress type, type character. Whereas then Willie, her character is like, you know, the opposite almost. Um, yeah, and, uh, I know Spielberg went on to marry her, and they, you know, they're still married to this day. So I guess that was something good that came from it from him. But <laughs> anyway, it's just it's uh, sure. it's, it's I yeah, it's there. It does feel like a bit of a step back for sure. So yeah, um, I that yeah, that's my feeling on it. But a lot of people really love it, and that's great too. I'm I glad that people I, I do it. like it. I, I it's probably. I think Crystal Skull is my least favorite and then that, and I don't, I don't hate Crystal Skull like most people. Like I, I feel like there's a lot of redeeming qualities in it, but yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, are you, are you looking forward to Indy five? I, it looks really good. Um, and I've heard from people who've seen some of the footage. Um, Val, one of my co-hosts was at D 23 when they played some of the extended footage there. And she said it was really incredible. Um, so I'm, I'm optimistic for it. I'll go see it. It's Indiana Jones, but, uh, yeah, I'm optimistic that it'll be good. Yeah. I'm hoping it will be. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, uh, what film has been a source of comfort during a difficult time for you? So this is the second place where I'm going to say Wayne's world for my answer. Um, and there's a specific reason why. So, Wayne's World came out in 1992, and I know I didn't see it in the theater, because I know my parents wouldn't have taken me to go see it. Um, so the first time I saw it was probably when it came out on video later, and I probably found it um, at Blockbuster. 
And when I was 11 years old, my parents divorced. It was a really hard time for me in my life. That was a time where I just felt completely out of place. Um, I just felt like I, my whole world had basically crumbled. Yeah. Um, and I think Wayne's World was a movie that um, I went to for a lot of comfort at that point. It was one that when we would go, my mom would take us a lot on Friday nights to Blockbuster to rent a video. And that was one that I picked up pretty frequently and just, I could escape into the humor and the laughter. Um, and I kind of started to feel more like, okay, maybe this is, maybe I can be the funny guy, you know, and that's who I can be going forward and I can uh, laugh. And it just felt good to forget everything else that was going on. And so, um, Wayne's world has always been that for me. And that's why I continue to revisit it quite a bit. And it's still one of my favorite movies, uh, because it got me through a really dark time as a, a preteen teenager. Yeah. Um, and it got me into a lot of the other stuff. Like I started watching more Saturday night live cause that's where it came from and got into, you know, like then Tommy boy came out and a lot of the Adam Sandler movies and things like that. So it really helped me, um, all of those movies really helped me get through that time uh, and kind of readjust a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. That's well, thanks for sharing that. And so you said you were 11, right? That's, that's a mm-hmm. tough age. That's, I mean, that's like a lot of, you know, your preteen just, I don't know, like there's a lot going on in kids' lives at that age. So that's, um, do you, do you feel yeah, like now, I, like when you look back on that time or that movie, like, is there any sense of like, almost like, I don't know, gratitude, appreciation for it, you know? Like, I don't know if that sounds silly or not, but like, like, like almost like, man, thanks Wayne's World for helping me through like a good time. I don't know if that makes sense or not. <laughs> Maybe not, but. Yeah, I, I, I think there is a lot of that feeling for me. I think that's why I still have, um, hold it in such high regard for myself. Like it's still a movie that I enjoy putting on and watching because, it is one that I know that if I'm down about anything, I can put it on and it's going to make me feel better. Um, and so anytime now when I'm depressed or struggling with something, I'll put that on and it, and it helps me get through that. And so I'm totally grateful, um, to, to that movie and what it did for me. And it sounds silly cause it's Wayne's world and like, you don't think of it as anything that would be that kind of beneficial or helpful, but it was at that age for me, it was exactly what I needed. Yeah. So if I could thank two people, it would be, you know, Mike Myers for doing Wayne's world and Stan Lee for creating the X-Men. Cause those were the two things that got me through that time in my life. So yeah. that's, you know, and like, I don't know, to me, I, 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 first off, I'm like, that's, that sucks. You had to go through that, that time. Like that's something that, you know, I, I mentioned, like I said before, like Mike being a, I, my parents are divorced, so I've been through that. I was 18, but, you know, at any age, it's still mm-hmm. hard, but I can't imagine being 11. I think that would have been – then also, like, being divorced myself and having kids like that is a it's a very sensitive thing for me where I, I – I don't know. Like, I sometimes I don't want to overdo, like, I don't know, make things more than they need to be for my kids, but at the same time be sensitive to what they're right. going through, if that makes sense. it's a, And so – I I guess it's like the power of film though, I think is that what you just shared. Mm-hmm. Like that's to me, I think why I love movies and I know not everyone feels that way about film or, or can be touched that way through movies, but like 
hearing like that experience, it's pretty um, profound to me. Like that a movie that, yeah, like on surface is maybe like silly or funny, but, or it's inconsequential, right. but really was impactful for you at, at a time when you needed that. So, yeah. 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 And that, and that's what that one is for me. Yeah. So well, cool. I really, really appreciate you sharing that. And, uh, I'm curious about this, the, the, the X-Men too. Maybe we can talk about it at a different time because I'm a big X-Men fan. So, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Okay. So what movie has made you laugh the most? Um, th- this one was hard. I, there's a lot of comedies that I really enjoy. Um, oh, I don't know. I know that there's been some that I'm watching and my wife will give me a hard time because she's like, you're just laughing like uncontrollably. Um, I think Wayne's World is definitely one of them. I think Tommy Boy is definitely one of them. Um, but recently we did Spaceballs on, on movies that make us and that movie is just so stupid and funny. So I, I mean, those, there's a lot of those movies that, that make me laugh quite a bit. Um, that I would, I would include there. Yeah. Nice. Spaceball, that's a good one. I need to revisit that. I I think one of the funny, like the hardest I've ever laughed in a movie is the beginning of that movie when it just, I don't really remember why. I was like 12, I think, when I watched it for the first time. And it was like one of my buddies and we didn't see, he like lived in a different city at that point. So we didn't see each other as much anymore, but we were like, it was me and him and his, my brother and his brother. So just like the four of us. And we were just like dying laughing when it just shows the ship for like it just keeps showing the ship for like a couple, for what I remember, it's mm-hmm. minutes. I don't know. If yeah. It's, it's a really long time. <laughs> and we were just like, yeah, to keep showing the ship. And we just like, could not stop laughing. So. So sometimes with movies that, that I've laughed really hard at, it hasn't been the movie as much as the people that I'm with. Yeah. Um, I remember when uh, Emperor's New Groove came out, I went with a group of friends from work and one of the, individuals that was with us he had like the most infectious like ridiculous laugh and so every time he laughed whatever he was laughing at was that much funnier just because of him laughing and so that's a movie that I remember walking out of the theater I'm like that was hilarious and I think it was mostly because he was there with us and we just enjoyed listening to him enjoy it and so I think yeah. with with the right people it can make make or break a movie as well yeah, that that was like kind of my experience with Napoleon Dynamite when I saw that, like seeing it with, um, well, I saw, and I can't remember if I saw it with my family first or friends, but both times it was like everyone was really into it and laughing and uh, so. Yeah. Uh, okay, what's a movie that everyone should see at least once in their lifetime? One of my all-time favorite movies um, that I think people miss um, is Big Fish. It's directed by Tim Burton. It is my favorite Tim Burton movie. Uh, it is the movie that when people are like, Tim Burton's weird and I just don't get him, I'm like, you need to see Big Fish. Because while it does have a lot of Tim Burton elements in it, I think the story is really powerful. Um, and he doesn't get, he doesn't go overboard with his Tim Burtonness, um, which I love. I love when he goes overboard with it, but in this movie, he, he doesn't as much. Um, but it's just such a great, powerful story. Um, you know, between a father and a son and looking at, um, the stories that, that this father has told his son these tall tales over time. And I, um, you know, they're ridiculous and you know that they're made up and you know that they're hyperbole. 
but I love the moment at the end when they're at his father's funeral and he sees all of these characters from his father's stories and he realizes that even though some of the some of the stories, some of the details weren't true, there was a lot of truth behind it. Or when he goes to the town that his father um had helped save and he finds out that like his father never had an affair with this lady that he was sure that he did but instead just really did everything he could to help and and save this town that wouldn't be there without him and just things like that where he he as a kid saw his father in this perfect like heroic light and then as he became an adult he kind of saw through that and then with his father's passing he got to see that his dad was something pretty heroic after all and it, it's just a great movie I think it's Tim Burton's best movie that he's ever done. Uh, and so that's one that I think if people haven't seen it, they definitely should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I, it's, uh, you brought up a lot of movies that I'm like, man, I need to go back and watch these again. Cause it's been a while, <laughs> but like, that's another one that I'm like, as you're saying, I was like, Oh, that is a really good movie. And it's been like 10 years or so since I've seen it. So, but awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. So what's, what's a movie that's been difficult for you to watch or get through? Or like was a challenging watch for you or brought up something difficult that made it hard to get through? So when I first saw this question, I thought, what was a movie that was just hard to sit through? And I thought like Dances with Wolves or Titanic, where it's just overly long. (laughs) Um, But then I I listened to some of your other episodes. I'm like, okay, now I I get this question a little bit better. Um, For me, it's Mr. Holland's Opus. Um, It is a really, really good movie. And Richard Dreyfuss is really good in that movie. Um, I have not been able to watch it since my oldest was two. Um, and the reason for that is something that maybe a lot of people don't know is I have three kids who are deaf. Um, and so the relationship that he has with his son in the movie who's deaf, I struggle with that. I struggle with them finding out that he's deaf and going through that experience to me, it's still too raw and too real, and I just don't want to go through it. And I don't want, like I've always thought, I don't want to have the relationship that he has with his son in the movie where he doesn't really learn sign language and he feels disconnected from his son because music has been such a big part of his life and he can't share that with his son. Um, and so that's just a movie that I have not gone back to revisit since yeah. um, we found out that our kids were deaf. Yeah, that's, that would be tough. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's, um, yeah, I've, I've never seen it. Um, I've heard of it and I had to look it up again just to remind myself as you mentioned it, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's tricky. So were, was that something with your kids? Did you guys, did you learn that when they were babies, like when they were born or before they were born or? So we found out, um, so each of, each of them that are deaf, they have the same kind of hearing loss and it's a, a progressive hearing loss that with time will get worse and worse. And, um, with our second, so my first two are deaf. Um, and then my fourth is deaf checking with my wife. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So my first two are deaf and then my, my fourth. So, um, with my first, he passed his hearing screening in the hospital. They never said anything to us. We never, suspected anything at all. Um, and then when my daughter was born, she failed her hearing, newborn hearing screening and we had to go back. And anyway, it was a whole long thing. And then they 
diagnosed her as having hearing loss and mm-hmm. um we went through the process of finding out what kind and we started to wonder about our oldest because he wasn't talking yet he was almost two and he wasn't really saying anything wasn't even like mimicking sounds or anything and so we brought him in to get tested and he had lost his hearing completely like it had oh, wow. progressed so much that it was just completely gone so our within a matter of two or three months, our whole world changed yeah. um, and was flipped upside down. Um, now in the end, and I, I say that in, in the end, it's been a great thing and we're really grateful for who our kids are and what it's exposed us to and what we've learned about the deaf community and deaf culture and all of that. But in the beginning it was, it was hard. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I think we all as parents, we, we just, you just assume your kids will be, I mean, I'm, I'm using air quotes, healthy, just, not having these right. kind of different things in their lives. And I, but like, and you would, you learn to adjust and adapt. And so that's, I mean, yeah, good, good on both of you, you and your wife for like, it sounds like you've both been able to kind of embrace it and, and be there for your kids. And, and, and do you yeah. know ASL then like, you know, sign language? And- we do. That's, yeah. that is their um, first language is ASL. So we've picked it up and learned it. Um, cool. And again, a big motivation for that is I, you know, having seen Mr. Holland's opus, he doesn't really learn sign language. He can't really communicate with his son. I'm like, nope, I can't let that yeah. be my relationship with my son. So, man, and that's been another thing for for him and for me. Movies have been kind of the way that we've connected. He's gotten into movies. Hmm. Steven Spielberg is his favorite director, and we talk about movies that he enjoys. We go when new movies come out, and that's been a way for us to bond. And so, um, it. Again, it's another way that movies have really impacted and benefited my life. Yeah, that's man. Sorry, you're making, it's making me emotional. <laughs> that's thank you. Sorry, that's, really, that's like really. I love. That's so cool to hear. And um, have you? Uh, did you see? I, I was just thinking of this. Did you see Creed too? Are you a fan of like the Rocky Creed movies? Have you... Yeah, we love we love the Rocky movies. Um, <clears throat> Creed and Creed Two are awesome. Yeah. And when <laughs> when they have their little girl in Creed 2 yeah, and they show it at the very end and she's got the hearing aids on like mm-hmm. gets me every time yeah I'm a mess every time my I, kids love it I show I showed my so our our fourth is another daughter and she saw that and she's like oh she's got hearing aids like yeah. me and she thought that was really really cool oh, so dude, that like um that warms my heart but, man. <laughs> But they also learned, you know, a swear word from watching Creed. So we got to be careful. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but no, it, it, it's cool. And there's more and more of that kind of representation in Hollywood and in movies. And that's really exciting because you've got Creed and Creed 2. Um, yeah. and then, and I'm excited to see what happens in Creed 3 with that. Uh, you've got a quiet place. Oh, um, right. So yeah, Millie. Uh, the act, the actress who, who plays the, the girl in A Quiet Place, she actually is from Utah, went to the same school that my kids went to. So she was a lot older than them, but they were there at the same time. And so, uh, they know who she is and they think that's really cool. Coda last year won Best Picture at the Academy Awards. So there's a lot more deaf representation in movies and culture. Uh, and that's really great. Yeah. It's an that- exciting thing. That uh, the girl in the Quiet Place, she's a phenomenal actress too. Like I, I mean, she's incredible. Yeah, um, yeah. And Creed too. I, I mean, I mean, Creed. 
yeah, I guess uh, I can't remember his girlfriend's name. Um, but uh, yeah, in the first one she struggles with, but then there's that scene in the second one I, where they, I think they find out that their daughter's going to have the, um, the hearing, the hearing loss. Yes. And like the acting between Tessa Thompson and Michael B. Jordan, that was just like, Oh, so it was so, so heartbreaking, but so well done. And, um, but, uh, yeah. And then, uh, Eternals as well has a character that, uh, yeah, my, my oldest daughter is probably the only person out there that really loves the Eternals movie. And it's because <laughs> of Makari. Yeah. She thinks that that's really cool. Yeah. So I have to say, I feel like out of all the speed series and superhero movies, the way they did the visuals of Makari, I thought was, I thought was really cool. Like I, it's probably one of my favorites yeah. so far. So and I, I actually have a soft spot for Eternals too. Like there's some other parts that I really like, but, uh, um, okay. Well, I appreciate you going on that tangent with me. Um, okay. So we just have, sure. I think three more questions. So what, um, what's the most inspiring film you've ever seen? Yeah, for me, this is Lord of the Rings. Uh, and I'm not going to narrow it down to one of them yeah. because I feel like it's all one movie. Um, but, there's just something awesome about Lord of the Rings um, because each of the characters in that movie go through their own journey uh, and they all go through their own challenges and their own hard things. I mean, yes, it's the story of the ring getting to Mordor and getting destroyed and things like that, but it's also the story of, you know, Aragorn finding his own self-worth and who he is and being the king that he was born to be. Um, it's the story of a friendship between a dwarf and an elf, two people that should really hate each other because they do, um, and how they can overcome that because of the stuff that they go through and they see each other as friends and not as, you know, the moment where, where Gimli says, I never thought I'd die side by side with an elf. And Legolas says, what about fighting side by side with a friend? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could do that. Like those are the moments in that film, um, that are just so powerful to me. Uh, and there's so many of those stories throughout and it's just such a great work of art, but yeah, it's a movie and the, the speeches and the quotes throughout the movie are incredible. Sam's monologue at the end of two towers is oh, yeah. just, I mean, that got me through all of 2020 basically because it was, you know, it's just that motivational kind of stuff. And so, it's it's a movie that every time I watch it and I get to the end of The Return of the King, I like I said, I'm emotionally spent, I'm exhausted, but it was worth every minute of it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that to me is the most inspirational movie. I think. Yeah, no, I that's that's a really good pick. I think um, I just I rewatched all of them this fall. I'm a big and I'm a big fan of the series as well. But like, um, one thing that really kind of stayed with me was Boromir is like you know so he's trying to steal the ring from Frodo essentially. And then he, you know, like realizes kind of what he's done. And then like he, you know, he sacrifices himself so the hobbits can get away. But then like the, uh, I don't know, just the scene when he's, when he's dying and, and Aragorn's there, like, you know, you know, it's, it's the typical tropey death scene in war action movies where like the, one of the heroes dies and the other one's right. like holding him as they die. But it's done so perfectly and and it's just like inspiring to see like one this guy that like is recognizing his mistakes and trying to like make amends and then and and willing to die for that and then two like aragon like honoring that and then um 
just like then his journey he goes on to the next two movies is like yeah it's so it's just yeah. powerful stuff so then there's there's like countless examples of things like that that i feel like we could probably just spend hours talking about so oh yeah well and and what i love about it with the characters you know i'm a big fan of tolkien and his work and i've read the books a few times and tolkien does a great job of building this world and the history and the myth behind the world but he does not do as good a job building the characters and what peter jackson did is he took these kind of one-dimensional characters that were in the books and really fleshed out their stories enough that like they do each go on this journey um, and you do end up caring so much about them. And it really, to me, supplements the source material. When I go back and I read Lord of the Rings, I, I think of these characters in the same way that I do in the movie, even though they're not represented that way in the books as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's a testament to what Peter Jackson brought to the story and added to it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, awesome. Well, great pick. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Okay, what is one of your favorite movie quotes? So, my favorite movie quote that I wanted to share, um, it comes from, not Lord of the Rings, but from The Hobbit, but it comes from uh, Gandalf uh, in The Hobbit. Um, and uh, it is in a, an unexpected journey, um and it's when he's there with Galadriel and they're talking and they're talking about Saruman. And he says, you know, Saruman believes that is that it is only great power that can hold evil in check. But that is not what I have found. I have found it is the small things, everyday deeds of ordinary folk that keeps the darkness at bay, simple acts of kindness and love. And that is so powerful. I mean, it's powerful in that moment. It's powerful as we're getting to know Bilbo. But it's powerful today. It's powerful for us. And it's, you know, it is the small and simple things that we can do just in our lives. I, you know, we're not going to have opportunities to do these great epic adventures or whatever, but we can do the simple things every day. And that's really what makes a difference and what makes the world a better place. So love that quote from Gandalf. Amen. That, that, I'm so glad you shared. That's one of my all time favorite. Lord of the Rings, you know, uh, just movie quotes as well. Like that's 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 one that I've I've always really loved as well. So, um, so yeah, well said. That's a good one. So, all right. So last question. Um, so if you had to give out, or if you could, I guess I don't know how had to or could give out one film as a gift to every new person you meet for the rest of your life. What what movie would that be? So this is probably going to be an interesting. Weird pick, maybe, but there's a reason why I would pick this one. One of the biggest criticisms I hear from people today is that the only good movies out there, the only movies that people are making are these big tentpole franchise movies. And it feels like that when you go to the movie theater, but there are a lot of really great movies that are being made today that are original, that are different, um, that are just fantastic. And I think one of the best examples of that in recent years um, is the movie Knives Out by Ryan Johnson. Um, I remember when that movie came out uh, and we sat down and watched it. And I don't know that I've enjoyed a movie as much as I did that one in a long, long time. It was so not what I was expecting. Uh, I enjoyed every minute of it. And it just shows that there are original stories. I mean, this is 
he wrote the story, he created the characters, he directed the movie. This is completely his work. Um, and it's completely original and completely different. And there are a lot of those movies out there. And I think that that's a great example of one. Um, because I hope I love, I love the superhero movies. I love the Star Wars movies. I love all of those kinds of films, but I hope that we continue to get the original stuff too, because I think there's some really good stuff out there. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So is that like, in, as far as like important to you, because if like wishing that there was more original content out there, is that like part of the reasoning with that one? Yeah. So I, I think, I think more than just wishing that there was original content out there, I think it's just recognizing that it is out there and people don't always see it. Yeah. Um, I think it gets lost in, you know, the Wakanda forevers and which, you know, fantastic movie, great movie, but, or the avatar way of waters, you know, this, this movie is one that was original and different and they're, they're out there. Like last year, there were a bunch that were really good like that. Marcel, the shell with shoes on was another great example that, you know, a, a lot of people missed because it wasn't the big loud movie. Um, yeah. Or everything everywhere all at once got a lot of recognition from critics, but I don't know that the average Joe went and saw that movie as much, you know? And I think that people think those movies aren't out there and I would want to share that they are and that they're worth checking out. So yeah, definitely. That's no, it's good. Knives Out is great. I just rewatched it a couple weeks ago and I saw it in theaters and then I hadn't seen it again till then. But, um, and talking about, you know, your quote, from Lord of the Rings or the, or the Hobbit about kindness. Like I think that movie is a great example of that too. Of that yeah. Theme. That was the thing that stood out to me as I watched it this last time was like, um, Ana de Armas is, is that, I don't know if I said her name right. Hopefully I can't remember her mm-hmm. character's name in the movie. I'm blanking on it, but, oh. um, gosh, now I Marta. can't remember either. Marta. But yeah. Yep. Marta. Yeah. She's, like, she goes through the whole movie being kind and being right. good and, yeah, so that's um yeah, that's a good pick. So um did you see Glass Onion by chance? I did. Love Glass Onion. I probably yeah. enjoyed it a little bit more than Knives Out, honestly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, it was good. I we watched that one twice too, you know, and that was um uh, yeah, that was super fun too. I yeah. I so I'm a big Ryan Johnson fan. I think you're a fan of The Last Jedi as well, right? I on my Twitter profile I have listed that I am a, a last Jedi defender okay. <laughs> because I I love that movie. So. I thought so. I was I was like hopefully I'm not opening up a can of worms here but cuz I love that no. movie as well. That's what I picked for my for this question is the last Jedi. But um I hope I I hope Ryan Johnson we get another knives out film. But I'm also hoping because of like you just said his originality like I hope he does something different as well, you know? Like um I know he's Yeah. There's the Star Wars stuff he might be doing still, but that I don't know, like Looper is another great example of a movie that I feel like is really original and I don't think is based off anything, if I'm not mistaken. No. Uh, yeah. But it's great, great original concept. Anyways, I, I hope like I want him to do Knives Out, but I also hope he, he you know, like maybe do like what Nolan did when he was doing the Dark Knight trilogy. He'd do a Batman movie than his own thing and like yeah, uh, just because he has such a unique voice, I feel like, and so I hope we get to see more. Stuff. He does. I I like him as a storyteller a lot, and I think The Last Jedi is the most original Star Wars movie um, out of the the nine in the Skywalker saga. 
Um, okay, maybe not more original than A New Hope that was the original original, but but he really was willing to take the characters in a different direction um, and tell a, a pretty powerful story that if they had followed up and finished that story, I think it would have been better than what we got with The Rise of Skywalker. But instead, they kind of went back and tried to fix everything. And anyway, that's a whole nother mess that I don't know that we necessarily <laughs> yeah. want to talk about. But yeah, I think Ryan Johnson's got a really unique voice. The sequel trilogies of Star Wars are so, like, I love talking about them because I'm really passionate about Star Wars and I'm passionate about those movies because I, I love all of them for different reasons. But Rise of Skywalker is my least favorite. I still, there's still things I like about it, but yeah, I, I would have loved to have seen Ryan Johnson just continue doing episode nine. That's yeah. kind of what I would have hoped for, but anyways, it, it's, it didn't happen. So no, it, um, it didn't. What, what, yeah. Sorry. What, sorry. Were you going to say something else there? Or? No. Okay. No. <laughs> um, well, Jake, this has been a, a pleasure, man. I'm so glad you've been able to come on and this was really fun to catch up. Yeah. This has been great. I, I appreciate your vulnerability and sharing some like vulnerable stuff and, and got me emotional and gave me some, some good movies to check out. Some that I've seen that haven't been for a while, some new ones. So um, is there anything else you want to add or say before we finish up? No, I just appreciate you having me on the show. Um, I love talking about this kind of stuff. Um, if this is something that your listeners enjoy, they should check out my podcast as well movies that make us because we talk about a lot of these kinds of movies um and you get a little bit you know not just my perspective but also val and tracy's which is a lot of fun as well so yeah and i'll make sure to put links to that um in the show awesome. notes if anyone's like interested it's uh yeah i've 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 enjoyed listening to your to your thoughts and your work for several years now like i said like your podcast back in the day was one of the first ones i ever checked out so. <laughs> Um, well, that's, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, if, I'm, if, I'm glad uh, you're back at, I'm glad you're back at it. Honestly, I've missed the superhero movie podcast. I'm glad you're thanks. doing this and this is cool. Yeah. This is a cool format. So yeah, thank you. I, uh, I just, yeah, life got crazy and chain, lots of sure. change and busy. And I, I love the superhero movie cast too. And I, uh, I, you know, it's still there. Maybe I'll do something here or something, but this is kind of where I felt my passion with mostly it was just like, having these kind of conversations and, and meeting, trying to meet and meet and reconnect with different people. So, um, awesome. but, uh, is there, if anyone wanted, any of my listeners wanted to follow up, catch up with you, connect with you, is there a good place to do that or? Um, yeah, they can, uh, follow me on Twitter. Um, I am at that Jake Dietz on Twitter. Um, they can also follow me on Instagram also at that Jake Dietz. Uh, I probably post more often on Instagram. Um, and then most of what I post is going to be on movies that make us, which is on all of the social media platforms as well. Well, thanks Jake. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate everyone for tuning into this episode. And if you would like to be a guest, um, feel free to reach out to me. Um, the best place I still need to get an email for the podcast, but right now you can reach me at my Instagram at Tommy Olson 88. Um, that's the best place to probably connect. So, Thank you, everyone. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Yeah, I know. You can do all these amazing things, and sometimes you think that you will just go bust unless you can tell people about it, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, every time I get the football, I can make a touchdown. <laughs> that's for sure. Every time. Yeah. I mean, is it showing off and somebody's doing the things he's capable of doing? Is it, no. is it a bird showing off when it flies? No. 
no, now you listen to me. When you first came to us, we thought that people would come and take you away because when they found out, you know, the things you could do, and it worried us a lot. But then a man gets older and he thinks very differently and things get very clear. And there's one thing I do know, son, and that is you are here for a reason. I don't know whose reason, whatever the reason is, you know, maybe it's because... Uh, I don't know, it's... Uh, but I do know one thing. It's not to score touchdowns. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Dad. <laughs>